and welcome to Roll Call Podcast. My name is Fraz. And I'm infectiously inspirational. <laughs> We're going to talk about D&D! <laughs> Okay, I like this one. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so we might have found a bard that you actually like. Yeah, I think so. So we'll, you don't we'll see. You, you don't like the bard that's sitting downstairs making you dinner? I, Je- I like Jen. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like her character, is that what you're saying? I wouldn't be playing a bard, no. <laughs> actually, this is a good question, because you, you've said that you're not a big fan of bards. Yeah. Controversially. It, do, you, do you just mean that you don't want to play a bard, like... Do you like the bards that exist in the game already? Mm. Like like your Scanlans and yeah, stuff. You yeah, do yeah, like yeah. them. You just don't want to play them yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. Cool, cool. Um, that's oh yeah, I, I think like I genuinely believe that bards are a must in every party. Mm-hmm. I think they're a fantastic character to have in there. I don't think I would want to play one. Yeah, I totally understand. There are certain classes which I really, really like, like Artificer. Mm. I love watching Ellie play an Artificer. I never want to have to deal with all that. (laughs) That's so much work. I have to invent actual things. (laughs) No. (laughs) The same with Bards. Yes, yeah. The onus on every social situation is on them. Yes. Without a shot. That's if you're picking a And they're twenty two fucking spells. Yeah. So what you have to do is you've basically signed a social contract when you pick a bard character and you're going, Don't worry guys, I'm gonna be clever and witty all the time. Yep. In real life, not just in games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You mm. can't just like have oh, unless you pick like a really I don't know, like a really clever like mechanic thing where you can just like spew old dad jokes and get one of those old dad jokes books and just has have that there but that's a good idea yeah but it's been i think it's been done i think i've pulled that from like something i've actually seen probably it does sound like a Uh, obvious yeah a dad joke a law a college of dad jokes yeah yeah um anyway we're going to talk about the college of eloquence yes which you think you like i i really like this one again i don't think i would want to play it because this Again, eloquence really sums it up, right? This is the absolute epitome of what you just said. This I'm going to be witty and smart. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. Gonna, you're an orator. You walk into every situation and you are going to wow and dazzle the crowds. And much like them, I will wow and dazzle your ears. Ooh. So hold them open because there's some sparkles. <laughs> I was going to say glitter, but this is why I can't be a bard. Yeah. Adherents of the College of Eloquence master the art of oratory. Persuasion is regarded as a high art and a well-reasoned, well-spoken argument that often proves more powerful than the objective truth. These bards wield a blend of logic and theatrical wordplay, winning over sceptics and detractors with logical arguments, and plucking at the heartstrings to appeal the emotions of the entire audience. This is from the Greek, you know, tragedies. This is... I think he got introduced in the Mythic Odysseys of Theros, which is uh, one of the books... Um, which is heavily influenced by uh, kind of Greek folklore, um, you know, different mythos is there. It sounds like, like so this is from Tasha's. Yeah, it sounds like it should be player's handbook. This should, sounds like it should be number one bargain basement bard. Yeah, I guess so. But I think, and I mean that in a good way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is your standard. This, this is like is your berserker barbarian sort of thing. Yeah, exactly mm. that. Um, uh, yeah, you know what? That is a really strange thing that they've they've introduced it in two different books, other than the player's handbook. Yeah, and maybe they went with the, the kind of the Greek mythology kind of flavor and went, oh, do you know what? We really want someone that's like stood in this kind of big coliseum talking about stuff and you know doing these witty remarks and re- retorts and stuff like that. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, we let, let's let's get into it because I find this subclass mechanically satisfying as well. I must say, it's got some cool because uh, it's the most true to what a bard is, right? Yeah, I think it is. So we start at third level with silver tongue, uh, which when you roll a charisma check and it's a nine or lower, you treat it as a ten. Yeah. Now that that kind of um that kind of effect you get in most of the classes like you get it for strength in barbarian and you get it for like stealth or something with rogue mm-hmm. never at third level no this is a third level ability yeah you're basically already the talker yeah and when you imagine it's a charisma check so you've probably got a plus four to charisma at this level as a bard anyway yeah so you're talking you're rolling a 14 at, at least yeah, at every times. time which is which, which is fantastic at third level and it but it makes it makes thematic sense, right? You yeah. are you're going into every situation already having outwitted them. Like you've already had that situation. The issue comes in mm-hmm. with the player actually having to outwit them. Yeah, uh, this is this is the problem because I find it difficult when you like if I'm if I'm rolling a persuasion check mm. and I roll a natural twenty and you say okay, what do you say? And then I've got to think up something that's worthy of a natural twenty persuasion. Yeah, I yeah. never can on the spot, and it kind of it kind of pulls you out of the game a little bit doesn't it it, it does. so it's really interesting so i i saw something today that i want to play you after we've done this but it is linked to this uh-huh. and we'll have it as like a you know college of eloquence after dark yeah um and i find it how do you feel having the spotlight put on you as a player to fulfill your action my action you've you've said you're going to do something uh-huh. i've now said the dm has now said Okay, what do you do? How do you feel at that moment? Um, anxious as hell. Yeah. <laughs> is that okay to feel anxious as hell for four hours a night? Well, see, I feel anxious most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'll ask someone else. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, if if playing D&D makes you feel really, really anxious, then you shouldn't be playing or you're at the wrong table. Now, yeah. I say it makes me feel anxious as hell, but that's just because like, I'm a bit of an anxiety-driven person. You, you learn to live with it in yeah. many, many ways. Um, I know where you're coming from, but this, again, this is why I won't play a bard. This is why I play a barbarian, because yeah. I'm quite happy to say to you, how does that look? Well, I, I lift my axe high up in the air and I bring it down and turn the bad guy into a tulip. Yeah, I'm happy to say yeah. that, whereas if you told me to, like, like I say roll a natural 20 and tell me how you persuade them mm. that's different i'd like to think i had something planned ahead of time so i i'm gonna really because i've had a, a moment to think about bard and if i would ever play a bard and stuff like that i genuinely believe that if you're doing this you are pitting your gen like your genuine wits against the dms sure you are now the dm's adversary and that I find that quite difficult to kind of settle, really, because it should it should be collaborative. It shouldn't be combative in any way. There are you are going to have a situation with with a bard or with this kind of thing where you are going to enter into a conversation with the DM, and someone's going to feel a bit silly. Yeah, I think if the DM knows that your charisma rolls are going to be at least fourteen every time, I think what's a going to happen is even subconsciously the the dc is going to be higher mm-hmm. for the dm's going to do that accidentally yeah. um but also you're going to expect a, a lot more from your players and from the dm remember there's got to be a retort to that yeah, so you so every single npc has to have their own fully you know realized personality i mean maybe maybe we're thinking about it the wrong way maybe this is the way that you play 
D&D if you are anxiety based and if you do have problems in these situations and you play dice rolly game mm. you say I persuade the guard to let me through the gate roll charisma I rolled a 14 fantastic you get through oh all that that leaves a real sour taste in my mouth yeah sure but some people some people have to play that because some people yeah. can't you know speak in front of a whole group of well, strangers would, I mean, a lot of time you wouldn't you would just never pick a bard of the college of eloquence yeah, would yeah, you fair <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I have real anxiety issues i cannot yeah. speak in front of people it's like maybe just go rogue yeah i found a solution to a problem that shouldn't really exist <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> so again but we say that i i actually think i would want this bard against me as a dm like there was something in the back of my brain that is itching now where i'm going i either want to play it or play against it you like being battled as a dm though don't you 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 like when we do combat you like it because we're good at combat and you yeah. like being challenged yeah cuz i nothing bores me more than than just monotony sure and it's uh, of course it's yeah, nothing bores me more than monotony <laughs> yeah. really yeah shocker hey, um, do you find fun entertaining how do you know oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah other you know really obvious statements uh such <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, I, I prefer I prefer quite a um, a combative experience because I, I just enjoy it. Like I enjoy, I get annoyed sometimes, but I enjoy that. I like, I, I've I noticed like that when that. when I've DM'd for you as a player, you like to get stuck into the uh, the social interactions. Yeah, yeah. Like I that's I think that's just the way I like to play. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, anyway, so these I will get back onto it. But uh, yeah, there's a little something that I want to play you after this. Okay. Uh, so also third level level, you get unsettling words, which is as a bonus action, you can uh, roll a bardic inspiration die and subtract that number from the saving throw of a foe's next saving throw, which is which is a mouthful. That's basically <laughs> cutting words, yeah. but worse. Yeah. Because cutting wo- words, yeah, <laughs> cutting words is a reaction which you use like after a bad guy makes an attack roll, you can use a bardic inspiration die to subtract from their attack. Whereas what you're saying is, I predict you're going to have to make a saving throw before my next turn, and mm. if you do, you have to subtract this number from it. Like that's a lot of ifs and buts yeah. going on. Oh, you've got to really keep up. You've got to really keep a handle on it. You've got to know that you've got someone else Something in the initial waiting. order that's, yeah, that's going to yeah. be rolling uh, it's, it's a weird one for me that one um, as a bonus action it should be a reaction oh yeah I'll tell you what I took it as granted that it's not a reaction no it's, it would make sense as a reaction but it's not it's a bonus action so you have to do it on your turn and then hope it has to make a saving throw oh that's oh I don't know whether I like that no it sucks it's 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 like I say it's cutting words which is in one of the other colleges just slightly better but also slightly worse yeah absolutely uh, right sixth level now this this is a brilliant one um, yeah. when a creature uh, uses a bardic inspiration die um, and the roll fails so you say you've got a DC of 14 you roll a 9 and then you roll your bardic inspiration die and get a 1 so you mm. failed yeah. um, you get to keep the inspiration die nice which is amazing because there is nothing worse than using up a bardic and it being for, it yeah, being getting for nothing. the sad trombone noise. That is fantastic. That is almost worth picking this subclass for. That, that because so like inspiration. We we kind of spoke about it. Inspiration is maybe one of the most OP yeah. singular things yeah. that a D and D class can have. And then having it so it gets it, kept. Yes, it's yeah, it's good. It's really really good, and it becomes such a utility. It's 
again, you've just got to be very good with your inspiration. You, that's that's kind of you're now moving into the realms of you're becoming quite focused as a character mm. because that's that's the big thing, right? I like it. Um, also, at sixth level, universal speech. So loads of creatures understand you whether or not they speak your language, which I think is that's cool. Yeah, I, oh, really? Yeah, I was going to say it's nonsense. Think of the time, right? Okay, so think yeah. about, but think about what your bard character's doing, and think about what the DM can then do to to make it less effective. Um, it wipes it out. What's the bard? What's the DM going to do? Doesn't understand you. You're you're doing this beautiful, eloquent speech. Oh, it falls in death ears. It's a unity. It's no, not. but universal speech means that chosen creatures within 60 feet of you can all understand you regardless of their language. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's good. So that no longer becomes an issue. But I don't think it should be an issue. Like, I think if the DM's introducing bad guys that can't understand each other, then it's pointless because there's going to be no... Like, the whole social interaction of the game is, is taken away if no one's speaking the same language. Yeah, but imagine that you go... It's like, okay, here's a scenario, right? Yeah. You go into, uh, oh God, let's just make something up, the deep tropical jungle of Thum, where everyone is lizard folk, small magmen. There has been, uh, it's all like Aztec themed, so everyone's kind of like blood for the blood god, skulls for the skull throne kind of thing. Uh-huh. Imagine they are trying to sacrifice someone, and you are trying to desperately implore them to stop. Mm-hmm. I can very much as a default go, you know, they don't understand you. They don't understand common. You're not talking in a language they understand. The bard, so well versed, it's to appeal to anyone. Mm. That is his whole jam. It is so you are so charismatic and you are so eloquent. They just you, get you. They just understand it with the flick of your wrist. See, this is this is one of those stories. Like you, you put it like that. And it sounds great. You're so charismatic that no matter what language they understand you somehow, just mm. through body language and, and your eyes. But for me, it's like, well, I've never had this problem with creatures not being able to understand me. Yeah, so but you don't speak to creatures. You hit them with a big old bat. Yeah, they understand that fully. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about our 14th level, uh, where, our, where our nosedives often happen. I can tell you for free, it does not happen in this, no, it's in good. this college. So um, infectious inspiration, which I think <gasps> is beautifully put as it is um so uh when a creature within 60 feet of you adds a bardic inspiration die to its ability or check or whatever it's adding to mm. um another creature within 60 feet of you then takes that inspiration Chain die. lightning yeah so basically you roll an inspiration die and then no matter what happens you just pass that die on to someone ne- who's next to you and you don't use up another use of do, the do you know inspiration. Why i love this so much is because this is an actual thing that happens yeah Anyone who's anyone that's played team sports knows that this is the case. If one person rallies, does a war cry, and does something, two or three, then four and five, then everyone else, and you all start running the same. And it's like a... What Infectious Inspiration does is it gives you the hair on the back of your net standing up moment. Yep. And that's what makes it so good. Where everyone succeeds one after the other because they've been inspired by each other. It's, it's, the, it's beautiful. It's the perfect moment where it's last man down. Uh, you know, you've got to get up. You've got to save the, the, you know, the different checks. And because of your, uh, because of your sixth level thing as well, even if you fail the role, you keep the inspiration. Keep, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's great. Yeah. No, I love I love the naming conventions of all of this as well. I think they're kind of they're really spot on. Silver tongue, unsettling words, unfailing inspiration, universal speech, and infectious inspiration. It tells you everything you need, and 
fair enough, you might need to use a cream at the end one, but everything else is, <laughs> <laughs> is brilliant. I love it. <laughs>